Hi, I'm Callie. I'm Clarissa. And I'm Isha. And we're Best Buds. Okay, I added this question because I thought it was cute. So best <laughs> ask out or meet cute ideas or like, and would you want to be asked out or do it yourself? Uh, yeah, I was the one who made our relationship official, but I did it over Club Penguin. <laughs> I think that's cute. <laughs> oh, cute. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it took him a while to understand. I was like, do you get it? And he was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. This is oh, what was the exact line? Yeah. <laughs> what did he say? Um, we were okay so we were watching Green Eggs and Ham like the Netflix show together beforehand so it was like it was like an inside joke and then I would take I like told him to go around the Club Penguin map and I wrote out these little rhymes that was like would you eat green eggs and ham like on an iceberg or whatever and then I did I, I think the last one was like would you eat green eggs and ham if you were my boyfriend and he was like yes and I was like you get it? It was like, no. <laughs> oh my God, that's so cute. It was really cheesy. It was really cheesy. Wow. <laughs> oh my Dang, God. Dang, Callie's like... smooth. <laughs> I know. That's Big how blonde. she told all the guys. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's like, that reminds me of my high school. Rhymes. Yeah. Well, yes, Callie, I was also the person who asked out my ex, um, but I did over text like a wimp and not over Club Penguin, which is clearly the superior form of virtual <laughs> <Exactly>. asking out. <laughs> yeah, but I think at least in like the case of my relationship, like this was the start of me initiating everything. Mm-hmm. And I mean, maybe this isn't fair. Um, and maybe this is just a result of like, you know, insecurities that I developed because of my last relationship. <laughs> But I think that next time I would like to be asked out just to have some sign that they are willing to initiate because I don't want to date someone passive again. Mm-hmm. For me personally, I don't have um, an ideal like, you know, ask someone out or meet cute story. But I will say that I am super chicken, like way too chicken to ask someone out myself. Like in elementary school and middle school, whenever I had a crush on someone, I would be the type that wouldn't say anything and just do nothing. Literally, there is this guy that liked me in middle school and he asked me out and I was like, huh, what? And I pretended to be all coy and I was like, no, I don't know if I like you right now because I was just too embarrassed. But you liked him? I did like him. <laughs> I was just silly. I was so silly. But um, That is very chicken move. I know. Fuck, fuck. So um, I am very grateful that my Essa was a go-getter and made the first move. I'm a flex on you. I am not chicken. And every single time that I had a crush on a boy, I eventually told him that I liked him. And I'm kind of proud of that. I think that takes guts. I have more balls than most boys do. Yes, (laughs) we stand. (laughs) Okay, and then Clarissa also wanted to ask about ideal meet cutes, just for fun. Because they are cute. Okay, I think, I mean, I can even think of what the ideal one would be. But honestly, cafe meet cutes are kind of nice. Like you're sitting in a cafe studying and then like a cute guy sits down across from you because all the chairs like happen to be full. (laughs) And then you just start talking and like, wow, you hit it off. Okay, it would be even better if you guys have like the same coffee order, you know? Oh, and you go into the same coffee in your hands. And then, like, you have the freeze frame and the K-drama and, like, the rose petal. And then you're, like, staring at each other, like, awkward eye contact. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think, honestly, though, my aesthetic is just, like, meeting someone, like, kind of randomly. And then you just, like, end up talking that day. 
and realizing you really vibe and like eventually dating like there's a long foo video where two people like running to each other on the streets and then they just like go get coffee and they keep talking until it's like dark out and then you know i don't know i like that aesthetic it's cute okay so this is like i i know i'm really choosing really hard in this episode but i honestly think my my story with anthony is like kind of cute if i do say so myself um so we went to the same elementary school for like two months and then he moved away at the end of first grade right as i moved there but he literally lived down my street it was kind of black like he came to my house and he was like i lived down there and i was like whoa um, and then we went to the same Chinese school and our parents were both in the like the Chinese school chorus so they were friends with each other and then we happened to go to Deep Creek Lake at the same time so we went over to their like rental house for some dinner and this was in fourth grade but I still remember it and then his parents found pictures of that dinner where our families are all sitting together and it was really whack because I didn't like I, I knew of him but I didn't know him before like college. And apparently we were also in the same Chinese class in sophomore year with Clarissa and Sydney, but I also just did not notice him. And I just find it really weird that our lives like intersected and like crossed so many times, but I just never noticed him until like the ECC after party. That was a lot of cheese, I'm sorry. (laughs) No, that was so, so cute, Hallie. That's like the the meeting story that like I wish I had, but I didn't. Literally anything is cuter than how me and my SO met. Anything. Like, I cringe when I think of, like, having to tell people this. Like, what if I'm, like, in my 30s, 40s, 50s, or when I'm, what if I'm a grandpa? Grandpa? <laughs> a grandpa? A grandpa? A grandpa? <laughs> what if when I'm a grandma, my grandkids ask, oh, how did you meet, like, your first boyfriend? And I'm like, oh through snapchat he literally just like slid in my dms was like hey and i was like oh hi well uh, i think by the time you're a grandma hopefully they won't know what snapchat is yeah. anymore so that's very true only the kids of our generation will know <laughs> yeah actually died out already mm-hmm. um so i guess one more light topic before we get into more serious topics again Oh, Clarissa definitely added this. First kiss story slash smoochy smoochy sexy times question mark. Spicy details question mark. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, mine was very cringe. It was probably like sophomore year of high school. And it was sorry a year and two months after we started dating. Like it took that long for us to like do anything. And it was during a movie and it was just a quick peck. But I was like really flustered afterwards and kept thinking about it but it was just really like uneventful you know looking back I'm just like okay that happened sure oh that's really cute I guess that is Um, like it's not cute (laughs) Callie is your memory of it really strong though because we learned in psych class that people's memories of their first kiss is like one of the strongest memories they can have yeah really (laughs) that's so interesting okay look both of you guys also had really like detailed memories so oh for sure all right so for my first kiss story we're actually the opposite of you Callie like I kissed on the very first date um side note it was like also the very last date with that guy um (laughs) it happened freshman year of college during the fall semester um there's this guy that liked me and I wasn't completely sure if I liked him but we were friends so I wanted to give him a chance and basically what happened was we went out to dinner and we we were walking back and then they were just sat outside somewhere in this kind of secluded area and decided 
that we because like we mutually verbally agreed on it that we won and then because it was like both of our first kiss we were really awkward and anytime his face got like less than a foot away from it I would like burst out into uncontrollable (laughs) giggles so um that continued for a good three minutes and then after that he eventually was like so we gotta do it so I was like okay and then we kissed and then 10 seconds into it he started shoving his tongue into my mouth and slobbering all over me and it was really gross oh god it traumatized me for a while but in his defense like it was his first time too so so gotten better oh no <laughs> okay so my <laughs> I don't even know how to transition from that but yeah, so this Paris is was like the bad version and Clarissa is like the good extreme. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I don't, I don't know about okay. like the kissing part. But, but the lead up. But the, the scenario up. was good. <laughs> you guys are lucky to get like both the bad and the good, I guess. <laughs> yeah, Sarah's just out there traumatized. <laughs> yeah, so this is like a month after we started dating. We went on a date in Georgetown. Um, it was a very cute date because I planned it and I am an excellent date planner. So, <laughs> but um, we went to a cat cafe and then we went ice skating and then Georgetown has like a light art display thing during the holidays. So we went to that too. And, and then we were taking a walk along like the Georgetown waterfront and we stopped at a bench and we were just like sitting there and then we just sat there for 30 minutes. So like, imagine like Sarah's angst, but times 10. <laughs> I was just angsting so hard because I was like, kissing is like weird and scary. And also I could tell he wanted to go for it because every time I made eye contact with him, he'd like start leaving it. And then I'd go like, nope, and turn my face back. And like this went on for literally 30 minutes. And then eventually it happened and it was really weird. And like, I don't know and then after like five seconds I was like wait shit is he about to try to stick his tongue in my mouth and I like pulled away real fast and anyway yes kissing is weird I don't know what I expected it was not that um lips feel weird mouths are weird why do humans do this (laughs) (laughs) so true oh my god um so I guess after that uh spicy spicy segment we wanted to transition into again more serious topics so we put down maintaining relationships and like expectations for relationships from parents and media. So I guess for me, like my parents honestly suck at communication. Um, so my mom is always telling me that like you have to be able to communicate because she's like me and your dad like never talk to each other like about anything. So, you know, you need to fix that in your generation. And honestly, I think that my communication skills are like already better than my parents. If I do say so myself, like I think I'm generally really open about sharing my thoughts and I guess that is a product of just like my personality I definitely do wear my heart on my sleeve you can tell what I'm thinking at like any moment and just like I don't know experiences I've had in the past I actually think that's a really admirable quality Callie thank you I feel like especially coming from Asian households like where it's more like typical Mm. that everyone is reserved and they're not very open with their thoughts I feel like that's a really good quality to have I actually, in my experience, um, I guess my parents aren't really like traditional Asian parents because they've always been extremely affectionate um, and communicative, both with me and then with each other. So like we say, I love you to each other every single night. And like when I was like Mm -hmm. up until college, I honestly, we'd like have good night family hugs and whatnot. Um, 
So I always feel a lot of love um, from them, um, both verbally and physically, I guess. So um, I've come to expect that from my partner as well. Mm -hmm. And then kind of piggybacking off of um, the relationship expectations that I learned from my parents into media. Oh my gosh. Before I got into one, I thought relationships would be sunshine and rainbows and unicorns and daisies literally all the time with no problems. This is not the case, okay? Like in those cute high school rom-coms, all they show is the guy getting with the girl and then they like become prom king and queen and then they ride off into the sunset together and everything is good and like, who knows? But then they never show what happens after that, right? Mm -hmm. This is like a prime example of media in general, especially social media. It's just a highlight reel and it's only showing like super, super, super small snippets of what life actually is. So it creates this false narrative and these false expectations in everyone that consumes it, which is basically all the young people in this day and age. So make sure you don't get too caught up in comparing what your relationship is to like what you see on social media, because that can be really toxic too. Sarah, I think it's really interesting that you say that in like media, they only show like the buildup to the relationship and not like the relationship itself and like I was thinking about that too because I read a lot of like trashy romance novels and like all of them are actually about like how they got together but the happily ever after ending is like like they get married or something and then you don't see like anything that comes after that so like it also emphasizes I think like the chase aspect Mm -hmm. of relationship and not so much like the relationship itself which could also be toxic yeah but like yeah like with regards to like this topic on media like I was gonna say that personally I don't know that my parents have affected my expectations for relationships much but I do read a lot of trashy romance I watch some like rom-coms and (laughs) I like even if I logically know that relationships are effort and not fairy tale endings and that they're pretty much nothing like what they show in like these media portrayals Um, I think part of me is still romantic because of that and like I do like like my pretty gestures and declarations you know yeah going off of that I was watching my favorite youtuber Rowena Sai she's really cool check her out she changed my life um but she was talking about how in her ideal relationship she doesn't want like the butterflies and like the the fun like nerve-wracking exciting chase like aspect of it right because she was like if you feel those emotions that are like really thrilling um it's probably not a very stable relationship like you're probably liking them because you like the idea of romance and you want to fulfill like some role in your life um whereas she was like I want a a partner that makes me feel grounded and at peace and like that I know is a lot more sustainable and like long term like I kind of vibe with that I kind of vibe with that (laughs) oh my gosh I really like that I think that's really interesting, actually. I, f- I feel like one of her points was that, like, you should like them as a person and not because you want them to fulfill some role in your life, right? Mm, that's and, valid. like, you're just projecting this romanticized ideal of love onto them instead of actually seeing them for who they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's actually, like, a really, really good, interesting, like, new perspective that, like, honestly, before that, I, like, I hadn't heard of that at all. Mm-hmm. I actually, in my relationship, like, I only ever really felt the groundedness, Mm -hmm. whereas, like, with all my previous crushes, I felt, like, the giddiness and the whatnot, 
So I honestly thought in the beginning, like, you know, is there something wrong with me in this relationship because I'm not feeling the giddiness? Like, I know I like this person, but I just don't feel that like up and down roller coaster. I just feel content. And I've come to realize, you know, that's not a bad thing. So I think it's not a bad thing at all. Exactly. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. I saw a thing on like, I think it was on subtle Asian dating, but someone posted that like the feeling of like butterflies is actually the feeling of insecurity. And like, well, I mean, the post specifically is like, this is what men have taught you to enjoy so that they can play with you. And I was like, I don't know if I agree with that, but like, it is definitely like, like, because you're scared and uncertain, like, and there's so much like, wow like this is exciting because you don't know what's going to happen but well if you're in a stable relationship and the person has made their intentions very clear I feel like you wouldn't have that as much Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then we also wanted to talk about pressures on the relationship because earlier we were talking about expectations on the relationship which is very internal and we wanted to talk about how external factors affect the relationship itself so um more tea um Loki the catalyst for me asking out my ex was because Sydney got a boyfriend the month before and I was lonely <laughs> and like specifically she canceled on me for this hangout where we we're gonna go see the zoo lights together and I was like I can find a new date I don't need you oh, no. so I asked my ex out to go see the zoo lights with me which is what Sydney and I were gonna do together so friend jealousy is real <laughs> but like on a more serious note I guess another hard pressure relating to your friend's is balancing everything which we did talk about earlier but like your friends expect your time and effort like they should but in the beginning um it's definitely very overwhelming also friends definitely judge your significant other and I am guilty of doing this Uh, sorry Sydney (laughs) so um this is something that I struggle with a lot in the beginning of my relationship because one of my close friends didn't really like my SO that much And I had a pretty hard time dealing with that. Um, I didn't know how to handle it and it caused me to doubt the relationship and also like sometimes the friendship. And after a while, like how I came to terms with it is that I realized that it's not like a big problem like the friend not liking his character, like thinking there's something like not good about him. It's just that they don't really vibe that much. Their personalities like just don't really match up and that's okay if your friends don't really vibe with your SO. That's okay because they're not dating them. You are. But um, that being said, though, if your friends don't like your SO for a legitimate reason and think it's a bad match or the relationship's toxic, then, like, please do listen to your friends about that because mm-hmm. they're looking out for you and they only really have your best interests in mind. Yeah. I guess I had, like, a similar experience to Sarah's except, like, in the opposite direction So in my last relationship, I tried like really, really like super duper hard to be friends with my ex's friends and it just did not work out. Like they're not bad people, like Sarah said, and I'm not a bad person either. And it's just the fact that we just didn't vibe very well, you know? And I definitely felt that like the very first time I hung out with them, like I walked out of that house feeling so icky and I didn't know why. And that should have been a red flag for me, but it took me way too long to figure out Um, And then we also talked about parents in when we were talking about our personal expectations, but obviously parents are also, um, they also cause some external pressures and we wanted to talk about that. And I mean, personally, my parents did not impose a lot of expectations on my ex, um, but I also think that they knew it was very temporary. So I am kind of scared about their expectations for a future and more serious significant other, but I think in the end, like I'm the one who's going to have to 
be with that person and not my parents. So I think it's important to remember that like while your parents' opinions do matter, they're not like the most important thing in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess this time around, my mom didn't really like that I was in a relationship, especially since she saw how upset I was over the last one, which I like totally understand, you know. But the first time she met Anthony, uh, they were standing in our driveway and had a little dance off. And now she likes him a lot. I think it's kind of cute. Anytime she like knows I'm going over to meet up with him, she's like, oh, bring over some like cake or like bring over some tea leaves that I have or like, you know, just giving them little gifts, which I think is cute. How did they get into a dance off? Um, I don't know. Like, you know, my mom's just kind of quirky. He (laughs) vibes, he goes with the flow, you know. But yeah, she hasn't said anything, but I, I think she likes him. So I think it's it's a good sign. <laughs> um, our next section, we wanted to talk about how to resolve problems in a relationship. And I put down number one is open communication, right? And a lot of the times personally, when I run into problems, I start arguing with myself over whether or not I'm being rational and having these thoughts, right? And honestly, I think that's the worst part for me. So I think a good thing is that I started to just share these thoughts with my partner and we can have like conversations about it without any judgment on either side. Like you shouldn't judge the other person, but you also shouldn't be judging yourself for whatever thoughts or emotions you have. Just like acknowledge them, accept them, see them as they are, and then don't add like an extra layer of anger or frustration on top of that. Yeah, I used to do this all the time. Like when I read that, I was like, well, is this me? Like, yeah, like I would deny my own emotions and then I would think that they were like petty or irrational. And I'd like debate with myself whether or not I should even bring it up with my significant other because I'd be like, is this like too irrational? Am I just like being like annoying and overblowing something? But I think like all emotions are valid. And if you feel anything at all, like even if it's small, like it doesn't hurt to bring it up to your significant other. Mm-hmm. Um, unless they gaslight you and are like well you're most that was stupid and like why are you blowing something up and in that case they are the problem and not you <laughs> exactly guys I've had this exact issue so much too <laughs> like I don't know why I just feel like for all of us probably we just tend to minimize our own thoughts and just mm-hmm. doubt ourselves and I really don't think we should do that because everything that we think and feel is valid And, you know, chances are, if you're feeling this way, then like, maybe you're so sensitive or maybe not, honestly, boys are pretty dumb. Yeah, Yeah, they're pretty dumb. Okay, never mind about that. Never mind. I take that back, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. But um, Callie, you mentioned that you and Ant are now talking about things. I'm so proud of you guys. Like, I feel like open communication is such a thank you such a mature thing to do it's such an adult thing to do and that is very sexy we stand true going off of that I've seen this idea like on social media a lot and it's the idea that like when you run into problems it shouldn't be you versus them right it should be you guys as a team versus the problem and I think that's a really good way of framing it because you avoid putting you know the blame or the guilt on any one person which is just like not productive and focus on actually solving the problem at hand. Mm-hmm. And then like kind of transitioning from the communication thing. Um, I read this article a while ago. It was actually one of those dumb Facebook articles that like pop <laughs> up in your ads, but it was interesting. And it was about how they interviewed couples at different ages about how to make a relationship work. 
And then one of the things that really struck me is the summary that the author made, which is that young couples tend to emphasize the importance of communication, while older couples, like the ones who have been together for like 50 years, emphasize respect most of all. And there's this point made that like so at some point in your relationship, even communication may fail and all you have left is like this deep-seated respect for the other person and the belief that they have your best interest at heart and like that is what helped them get through it. So I don't know, I kind of agree with this. Like, I mean, of course communication is important and you can't have respect without communication, but at a certain point you also do need to have this core of like genuinely respecting each other um, and not undermining each other or insulting each other even when you disagree. And then we also wanted to talk about like individuality versus being a teen because it is really hard to keep hold of your individuality while you're dating someone. And like, I mean, I kind of talked about this earlier, but like I used to feel guilty about taking time for myself when I was dating. And I actually stopped reading when I got into a relationship, which was like in high school, I used to read like a book every two days. And then senior year, I like did not read like anything because I felt like I constantly needed to I constantly needed to be on call and when I read like I'll disappear for like four hours or something and like that is not healthy I should not have felt that way and <laughs> yeah I think that is something I need to work on for the future like not throwing everything into a relationship because you don't need to mm-hmm. yeah this is a problem I run into a lot and like I've been talking to Sarah a lot about this in the past few weeks I guess but I feel like it is really hard to strike that balance of like how much you commit to the relationship and how much you commit to yourself, right? And and like some days I feel really good about like being independent and just doing my own thing and just like not not really worrying about whether or not he's texting me back or whatever. And on other days I feel like very clingy. <laughs> and I guess it's like the same thing with him, right? And I've noticed that we've kind of been bouncing back and forth from extreme to extreme. So I guess like in this relationship, we do need to work on finding a more stable balance between those. Callie, I actually also struggle with the same thing in my relationship. Mm-hmm. I found that those like times when, well, obviously I found the same thing because we've talked about this so many times, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, I've found that, you know, the times when um, I feel good about being independent and then when I'm like feeling more clingy tends to coincide with when I'm more busy which is when I feel more independent and then when mm-hmm. I'm less busy and don't have much stuff to do which is when I feel like oh I want to nag you and bother you and ask <laughs> you how your day is yeah. um and also, honestly the same thing for him and then the conflict and the problem that arise from that is like when you have a discrepancy and like maybe one person is the busy one that day and the other one isn't so then the other one gets upset with the busy one and I feel like you know that's just maybe something that maybe with time and experience and some maturity and self-assurance will grow out of hopefully please hopefully yeah but yeah I think it is important to like be with someone who respects your independence and like gives you that time and space to like read your books um but also you know I also need to work on respecting my partner's independence as well like when he needs time for himself I need to be able to give him that time um does anyone want to talk about this? Oh, I'll talk about it. I think I was the one that okay. read it. Okay. So now that we're, we've basically, fin- okay, let me do, redo that. So now that we've basically um, went over what good things in the relationship are and how to maintain it, 
let's transition into how to know, you know, when maybe things aren't so good and when to end it. I think for me, um, the number one red flag that I have in mind, although take this with a grain of salt because I've never had a breakup before, um, is that the partner doesn't seem to have your best interests in mind. I feel like in a relationship, both partners should always be striving um, to give more than they get. I feel like love should be generous and really free flowing. If you feel like your partner isn't considerate of you and your needs, or maybe like their actions are more transactional. So they'll do something with the expectation that you'll do something in return for them. Then I feel like that's a little sus and maybe you need to reevaluate in that case. Mm -hmm. And it is such a tricky thing because you, I feel like you never really know when it's time to break up. Right. And there are so many different reasons to break up. Like if you're not happy in the relationship anymore, if you guys have grown apart or if you just have different goals, right. I feel like when the time comes, you'll kind of know deep down, like even if you don't want to admit it, even if you're trying to like deny and find any reason to stay, like I think if you're looking for reasons to stay rather than reasons to go, that's probably a sign that it's time to go. And like, <laughs> it sucks a lot and it's very, very scary. Like I know so many people who are scared of getting into relationships because they're scared of what will happen at the end of a relationship, which is a very valid fear, right? And honestly, in the end, you'll see that it is for the best. And, you know, every relationship is a learning opportunity and every breakup is a learning opportunity as well. And actually, like, I think it's really coincidental that we're recording this today because exactly a year today is when my last relationship ended. And today I was like sitting there thinking about it for, for a second. And for a quick moment, I found myself like slipping back into that sadness and self-pity, like thinking about myself a year ago today being like so devastated right and that was like the start of a few quite a while like a few months of just like pain and suffering like it was just not a good time for me right but but I think instead of looking back and and feeling sad and sorry for myself I should look back and like be proud of how far I've come in that past year right like I've grown so much I've learned so much I've gotten a lot stronger I'm and like with some time and space, I'm able to look back on the whole thing, like both the good times and the bad, and feel nothing but gratitude for the experience and all the memories that we made and all the lessons that I've learned from everything, right? And I guess it's also just really important to reflect after a breakup and to really think about and process everything. Because honestly, like that shit's hard, it gives you some baggage, and you shouldn't go rushing back into another relationship until you're ready, which is like, going back to the whole timing part, but yeah, like even though a breakup is hard and it sucks and it feels like you're never gonna not be sad, it like as cheesy as it sounds, it gets better. And the breakup is also just as much of a learning experience as the relationship itself is. Kelly, I'm so proud of you. I feel like that's such a good mindset to have about a breakup and struggling. I, I don't know like the way I always think about like breaking up in a relationship though is like it's like gambling you know like it's like you have a hand like a you know some cards that you know well and then you can put it down and pick up like a new hand but like you don't know it's in that new hand and once you give up your like past one you can't go back to it so then it's like how do you know like when to stop and like 
there's that mathematical formula that like you estimate how many people you're going to date in your life (laughs) you reject the first few like it's like they reject the first like e to the power i don't remember the exact you're taking math modeling a little too seriously (laughs) (laughs) no it's an interesting like they wrote an article in like the new york times about it and like lauren Mm -hmm. sent it to me it was very interesting (laughs) but anyway (laughs) yeah i think for me there are like clear red flags that i dump someone over like i don't know like signs that they genuinely do not respect me like there are like Mm -hmm. boundaries that i have because i have like self-respect too (laughs) But I think it's harder to know when there aren't like super clear signs that you need to break up. Like because of that gambling issue I was talking about, like mm-hmm. with my ex, I think I subconsciously knew that we weren't that compatible or maybe not like that we weren't compatible, but that neither of us was ready to be in a relationship. But like being in a relationship is nice and it was easier to just like float along in a relationship than it was to break up. So I just like kind of let it go on because my suffering wasn't like that significant and didn't cross like that like boundary I had for myself um and like college in this case was a really good point in time for me to just say I had to do it but I think that in the future like I'm kind of scared that I won't know when to break up because there's like this sunk cost fallacy that I was talking about like I don't know you dump so much effort into that person like do you really want to lose it and like also like when can a relationship problem be solved by more effort and when is it a lost cause and like obviously it depends on the situation but it's a hard line to draw. So I mean, my conclusion is that I have no answers, but these are questions that I think about. Very good questions. <laughs> so on the bright and cheerful note of breaking up, thanks for listening. Uh, we really spilled a lot of tea in this episode and also had a, a lot more serious thoughts as well. So let us know what you thought about this episode and feel free to spill some tea of your own. Uh, we, we enjoy the juicy stories. Um, so thank you so much to our love, in parentheses, our love and lovers, Sarah, for joining <laughs> us in this episode. And as always, follow our Instagram at pod.bestbuds for updates. Bye. 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 Bye.